Hello and welcome again to our 11th lesson of our summer encounter. It's going to be for August 14th. wanted to let everybody know that the last lesson of the Ecclesiastes study will be the first lesson of the fall quarter. And we had to do that because of space. And of course, the lesson, uh, the lessons went 14 lessons between Job yep. and Ecclesiastes. So you'll have to. Uh, You're going to have to hang with us. Another hang with quarter. us for another We're so quarter. sorry. And just by way of preview, the uh, fall uh, encounter is written by Caleb Norse. Uh, he's at the Cokeville Church. And so um, looking forward to to reading uh, his studies. So absolutely. Yeah. So in the background is the uh, birthplace shrine, which is at Montgomery Bell State Park. We're going to be having the day in the park uh, on October the 4th this year. Um, it's a Tuesday, and one of the reasons we do it on a Tuesday is because we always gear and cater our events toward the younger folks, and 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 so this time this event really is for your you know getting on retirement age. You're already retired, yeah. but still want to go have fun, so we do it on a Tuesday. It's going to be from ten to noon at ten o'clock. Uh, we kind of gather there. The historical foundation they do their their whole get up uh, last year or not the last year. Whenever we did this the last time, COVID, thank you. Um, they yeah. had apple cider and cookies. They take you around. They explain the um, different monuments that are there. They mm -hmm. kind of give you the history of what was going on in around 1810 when when we were founded. And so it's got it the log cabin. It was really there. exciting. It was really awesome to just hear the, our historical reenactors talk about what what happened there at the birth, birthplace. That was cool. It is a good it is a good time. So from ten to eleven, uh, there's um, there's that chance of fellowship and and time to learn about the monuments. And then at or at eleven o'clock, we have a worship service there in the chapel, and that's going to be led this year by Sandra Shepherd, Reverend Sandra Shepherd from the Brent Haven Church. Uh, she'll be leading the music, and then uh, Dwayne Tyus, Reverend Tyus, will be uh, bringing us the message. Um, so we're really excited. Uh, if you get on early enough, you might be able to find some uh, hotel rooms at the uh, lodge there at the state park if your church wants to make a weekend of it. I think there's two cabins left. Uh, think about the cabins. Uh, you got to have at least a two-day stay. So, But gotcha. like, if your church is just looking for a fun getaway, you might want to look into that. So, And it's always a good time. It's good to come together and worship together as Cumberland Presbyterians there at the birthplace. So it's it's an awesome opportunity for, for those that are able to attend. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. Mm -hmm. with all. Yeah. So Reverend, is there anything you want to highlight about women's ministry this coming up? Um, we've got some really cool stuff coming up. Make sure you check out our website. Um, all of our, if, if you're looking for the resources for the 22, 23 year, if you go to our website, you can find that there. That's cpcmc.org forward slash women's ministries. Um, and you'll be able to find all of those resources there, including our Bible study, which starts in August and runs through July of next year. And our giving opportunity is that, um, that we voted on at convention this year. Um, so all the good stuff is there available on the website. Very and, good. And, and hit the buttons below, like, no, and, like subscribe. and subscribe, tell somebody, tell a friend, tell a friend, um, tell yeah. an enemy. They need Jesus too. They certainly do. Sorry. That'll teach them. So Ecclesiastes 3, we're going to be talking about time um, and our prayer for illumination today. Eternal God, you know the end from the beginning. 
and that everything under heaven is within your authority. May we learn to trust you through all circumstances of life. Amen. Amen. So Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 15, and the memory verse, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. It's Ecclesiastes 3.1. Also, Pete Seeger uh, mm-hmm. wrote a song in which he just ripped the Bible off and then put ah. in some verses. But you've probably heard either Pete Seeger or the birds, the birds. Um, singing. What is the name of the song? Tom? Turn, 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 turn. That's it. I forgot. Yep. Turn, turn, turn. For everything. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll put a link down below um, in the newsletter and then in the comment section. So if you wanted to peruse uh, the song, you will certainly be able to. But before we enjoy the song, let's just try to get through our introduction. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just ask by way of beginning, how much do you depend on time during a tip- typical week? Could you manage if the clock on the wall stopped, the battery in your wrist wristwatch failed, and the time indicator on your cell phone quit all at the same time? No. Yeah, uh, it wouldn't be very Well, good. I don't know. Okay, so manage, that's an interesting word to, to think about there. But um, I depend on time a lot. <laughs> I have in my alarm clock that goes off in the morning and I have like my morning ritual of how I begin my day. And then, uh, yeah, like all my meetings and everything, it just, it all, it all has specific times attached to it. So if time, if I just, if I had no way of telling time, um, I think I would probably go a little crazy. Honestly, because I'm kind of, yeah, I've been accused of being anal retentive a time or two in my life. Well, and then that, and you don't have children right now. I bet when you, so I remember like, oh gosh, yeah, it was a whole lot worse when the kids were home. Right. Like our, me and Amy had to schedule, you know, who could pick up who when, when everybody was going to bed, which then said, this is when you're going to make dinner. Or yeah. this is what, right. I mean, like everything. What time breakfast on. is yeah. you know, when you're going to go grocery shopping, you know, because you have to fit that in somewhere. Just, yeah. Oh, gosh. There's a, way there's worse a phrase that I think, you know, the tyranny of time. Right. Mm. And sometimes you feel like you don't have control over it. And sometimes you don't sure. like when you have children, you don't have control over your time. Um, but I think what we'll explore in this. Section is that you know, time is, it's important. And the things that happen within time is important. Sometimes you have control over the things. Sometimes you don't. Um, But we live, we try to form and pattern our life around the important things and don't let the tyranny of just time take over our lives. Mm. Everything probably needs to be hit on with a, with a purpose. Um, Mm, I like that. Yeah. And then Koheleth doesn't think of time as just this strict um, schedule, but time is, yeah, there's there's this overarching thing in which time is filled with stuff, different patterns, different, different things. And so um, I think Dr. Estes in page 73, about the middle of the page says, um, Ecclesiastes offers the conviction that there is time for everything. It urges a person to seize opportunities when they present themselves. 
And I think that's true. And then whatever your, your mind is focused on or prioritize, that's what you're going to pick and choose. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So anywho, what Mm. you got on this introduction there? No, that's that. It is really interesting. I loved, I really appreciated Dr. Estes introduction to this because he, he says in the beginning that we're creatures bound by time. And if you think about, especially in the American cultural context, we schedule everything. You know, we schedule everything. We schedule what time we get up, time we brush our teeth, what time we go to bed, what time we have meals, all of our appointments, all of our deadlines, when our children are going to school. I, I mean, everything we track on calendars or some sort of some sort of time tracking device, right? Um, we even have all these beautiful fit bits and and Apple watches and whatever that track how much time. <laughs> we spend exercising and walking and how many miles we walk. And I mean, we just, we have all of these things. We're so scheduled and so regimented that it's important for us to appreciate Ecclesiastes, I think. And I'm really appreciating this lesson that there also is time to enjoy our life, you know, Uh, but we're so in the Western culture, we're so regimented about everything that we do that even to have a, a, a day where we get to enjoy ourselves, we almost have to schedule that in. And so is it really enjoyable when you schedule it? Because you know, it's only for this long. And I don't know, those are all questions that I, that I have bouncing around in my head about this. Yeah. Um, we even determine people's like, um, whether they're hard workers or not. Like, you know, yes. I've, I've, when I was, by how much time to- they put in, how much time they put in. And then the TGI Fridays, like I said, we had, I love working at TGI Fridays, but before we clocked in every day, um, my boss made us repeat early is on time. On time is late. Late is unacceptable. Right. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. And that's a cultural thing though. That's something else we need to be aware of is that in the Western culture, we are very strict and regimented about what is on time and what is late, but there are other cultures around the world that are not so regimented with their time that they appreciate life for what it is and maybe we need to take a take a page out of their book and just recognize that sometimes noon ish is good maybe (laughs) maybe Maybe not (laughs) so uh, depends on what it is maybe i don't know right yeah yeah Um, Uh, And then finally, I guess, with the introduction, that even though time is linear, we see time as linear in a Western world. It's marching Mm -hmm. towards something. It's remarkable how much of our days also include a sameness. Yes. Like, right? So there's this sense in which we're progressing forward, but we're also stuck in this cycle. Um, And if you and if you have a bad experience in life, you feel like it's a it's a hamster running in a wheel. Right. Or, or the opposite might be true. Things are just coming at you so fast that you don't even know you would love a wheel. At least you're in one spot and you know where you're at. And so like, so even though we all have the same amount of time, we all experience the same kind of the same things, um, our spiritual conditions, our financial conditions will all kind of like define that time for us, good or bad. Right. I mean, like there's all kinds of different ways to think about that. Um, all right. Anything else on the mm. introduction? Mm. I don't think so. I think, I think it's time to move on. She did it. 
<laughs> so exploring the scripture, the historical and contextual setting, um, uh, Dr. Estes brings up this like, it's almost neat the way it's, it's like a TikTok. It's like there's a time yeah. for everything. Bam, over here, born, die, reap. So, right, whatever, yep. harvest, plant, these kinds of things. And so it's this will of time, you know, where you can see in your mind this grandfather clock flipping from one side to another. Yeah, right? the pendulum swinging back and forth. Yeah. So I think that's a good image. Um, and, but, but I think it, it, it continues that image. Like there's a certain structure, but, you know, you know, the, the hand of the clock, I mean, it, it travels. It, it moves forward. It moves, sure. but it's in, yeah. So anyway, that's what I've got. And I like that imagery that he brought up there. What what yeah. have you got here on this section? I like and um, it's closer to like the bottom of page 73. It's one, two, three sentences up. Maybe it says, no matter how much things change, the writer appears to say things essentially tend to stay the same, at least from the human perspective. So we do have this imagery of the pendulum swinging back and forth, you know, birth and death and sowing and reaping and building up and, and tearing down. So we have this pendulum swinging, but you do also have the clock that's moving forward. And so things change, but they also stay the same. So when thinking about the cultural context of when Koheleth lived and the things that were happening in his time frame versus the cultural context in which we live. Our technology is incredibly different. Our understanding of the universe incredibly different. But at the same time, things remain the same because humans are still human. No matter what technology has changed, no matter what our scientific knowledge has progressed, we are still human yeah. and we still react the same way to things. And we still deal with somebody getting mad at us the same way, unfortunately. So there's still this sense of sameness of understanding that humanity is still humanity, no matter what the world around it looks like, no matter how much the cultural changes, um, we're, we're still, we're still human. Yeah. And he goes on to really appreciated that. Yeah. And, and I think to, to expound or expand on that, I mean, like the other thing that Dr. Estes brings up is that he uses this list, not as an exhaustive list, but mm -mm. these are kind of the boundaries, which every human being are going to experience. Yeah. But you can experience these things different ways, like, right? Sure. And the way you choose to live in these different, like a time to kill and a time to heal, um, right. a time to weep and a time to laugh. Some things are outside of your control, but we're all going to experience them, right? Yeah. And it's not, again, it's not an exhaustive list, but it is a list mm -hmm. that gives us pra 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 parameters. parameters in life, right? And in, in a sense, health is saying this time and the things that happen in this world are somewhat universal and those yeah. that's your parameters now live life in these parameters make sure that the time and the things that happen are valuable and good and so the illustration would be have you ever played a game where there are no rules or no one goes by the rules they're not very fun like right mm, no they're not like the thing that makes a card game fun is certain cards have certain values and you can't just pick up every card you need to until you get the one like there's certain yeah. rules 
you can't yeah. cheat. <laughs> right. Or cheating is no fun either. Right. But like if you didn't have rules to play a game, everybody would just be sitting there thinking, OK, what do we do next? Right. And it, so it would. Yeah, there would be no there would be no outline to to how we do things. Everybody just kind of do their own we thing. Need boundaries. And, yeah. And boundaries not to restrain, but boundaries then to to force creativity. Right. Yes. And so yes. that's how then we I think that Ecclesiastes like God has ordained certain things. But we live in in that and that forces us to be a little bit more human. Really, yeah. it brings out the humanness in us. Yeah, absolutely. It's that human flourishing. You know, it's how do we how do we live our humanness to the full extent of what it means to be human within the confines of God's good creation? Yeah. And I think that's that's that the uh, last sentence of that first paragraph on page 74. Ecclesiastes strongly maintains the sovereignty of God over all things, yet within an overarching grand design there is an element of human free will or human. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes, yeah, that's what makes the life interesting. Yes. Because God gives us boundaries. God gives us things that, um, that we shouldn't, shouldn't do, but there's also that opportunity of free will so that, you know, we have to use our ability to discern what is right and wrong, what is good and what is evil. And, and that's where, that comes into play with, with the free will. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So the discussion question, can you live life more confidently knowing that God has set everything in order and in what ways? Yes. I think I love the idea of knowing that God is with me and everything. So even if I go completely awry, <laughs> maybe maybe because God knew I was going to go completely awry, then I have confidence in knowing that even if I make really dumb decisions, um, that God still has, has something planned for my really dumb decisions to make it good. That, that is, that is very heartening, you know, because I, I know I'm not going to always make the best and haven't always made the best decisions. So it gives me a little more confidence and understanding that as hard as I try to follow God, I, I know I'm going to mess up, but God knows I'm going to mess up too. Yeah. And he's already made a way for that. I, I think that's what gives me the confidence and understanding that God's in place in my life. I think for me, I think living confidently is not necessarily something that that is inherent in me. I'm a, I'm a questioner of my own self and just good sure. in general. I like I'm I guess that's the pessimism that comes in. Um, so I don't know. I would answer this a little differently than you in this sense. Like um, y'all know by now, you know, I have a daughter. So like mm -hmm. I saw her grow up from you know, like just a big ball of anxiety a lot of times. And, and then I see, but, but not just her, but a lot, a younger generation, I see just so much anxiety because, yeah. you know, for them. And, and I know we hit, I've just talked to enough of the, of the youth, 20 year old, younger, you're just scared about everything. Yes. Whether it's 
um, you know, uh, any anything, plagues, everything, climate change, yeah, crime in the city, like yeah, inflation. Will I ever buy mm-hmm. a house? Mm-hmm. And like, I get it. This is not an easy way to live. And so I think my confidence comes in that I'm not in charge. Like it's okay. Like I still could screw it up, like you said, I, and I could do that. But at the same time, I know that there's a certain structure. I know that history is going toward a goal, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And that my life, I don't have to come up with meaning or purpose. In some sense, I can have faith that God has whatever it is God has in store. Like I can direct my faith in Jesus Christ. I can direct my work toward his glory. I can repent and Uh get on track when I need to. And I, and I wonder if, um, if that's not like a cool answer for, for kids who just are overwhelmed with life. Sure. And they think it's all up to them to create some kind of meaning and purpose, which is a hard thing to do. Yeah. Wouldn't I give you, give you a confidence and in knowing and understanding that not everything is dependent upon your, your decisions. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, I think that would be very freeing. I think that would be very freeing. It is to me. And that's one thing I do try to, so Sunday school teachers, if you're, you know, if you have an influence in, in some young adults or even adults in your life that just feel like everything's, I think there is a sense weight on their shoulders. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a time for everything, and everything's going to happen, right? Sure. Whether we want it to or not, it's just maybe we we live in the confidence of knowing we have a good God who has good purposes for for us. Um, that's something good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Anything good. else on that one? No, that was good. Love All that. right. Dig deeper. Let's dig deeper. Dig deeper. I'm going to just throw it at you and to see what you have for us on the digging deeper section. Sure. So Dr. Estes says the study does not draw such a sharp distinction between the two expressions under the sun and under heaven. These are both ways of speaking about our experience of human life on earth. But he finishes that paragraph with, but God is ultimately in charge of this. He is sure. So I, I really one of the things that we've talked about on, on this podcast before was the fact that we live in a kingdom that is here, but not yet. And as human, as human life on earth, we live under the sun or under heaven. We live here now in this time and place, understanding that the kingdom of God, we have the understanding that the kingdom of God is here now with us that we're part of the kingdom of God, but it's not yet fully consummated because Jesus hasn't come back yet. So I I loved that he talked about this whole idea that God has given us this beautiful creation here and now to enjoy. Yes. But we also have the ability to look forward to the future, to eternity. Um, He mentions that again, Uh, top of page 75, about three sentences down. He said, God has made everything beautiful in its time. And as also he has put eternity into their hearts and minds, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So we have this idea that we're here in this, in this creation, enjoying God's good gifts, but yet we still have a lot of good gifts coming to us in the future. 
right. at the consummation of time when Jesus returns. So we need to be both and we need to be enjoying this and and looking forward to our future both yeah i like the other um yeah and i think what that speaks to is because we're humans and we're created in the image of god we'll get into this a little bit um it's in this section but a little further down where where we talk about the resurrection or life after death or life eternal um there's a sense in which what Koheleth is saying is we're living on this earth. We're material creatures who need material things and enjoy material things like, right? Yes. But the yes. things, but what he's cautioning is, is don't shortcut the eternal things. Right. Love. There's a balance. There has yeah. to be a balance between. Yes. Yeah, so don't, don't hit over to, you know, drunkenness all the time. It's fun. The reason why people drink is because it's fun. I mean, that's what you should do all the time. Right. Right. Um, Money. It's fun. Nice cars, Mm -hmm. nice houses, stereo systems, but it's going to fail. Yeah. Even in that. So I think that's what I like where uh, Dr. Estes says, you know, God's made everything beautiful in his time. And he has set eternity in the hearts of of my uh, of he has set eternity in our hearts. Even in. So this would be kind of a Catholic understanding of of um of things but even in our base desires like sex or money or power or fame there's something in that that reaches to eternity mm-hmm. that you know like like one of the reasons why we're going to love heaven is because it's enjoyable <laughs> yeah right like it's not like we're going to be all puritans up there or we're like denying any pleasures instead in heaven we're going to have unbridled pleasure but it's going to be good pleasure and it's going to be pleasure that pleases god and pleasure that leads to our human flourishing and so um anything that we experience goodness here on this earth is going to lead toward that yearning of of the best that yet that's Mm -hmm. yet to come um yeah so but it's tempered so then like this is the cool part of ecclesiastes 3 so there's a time to be happy because it's the yearning of our human hearts, but then God right. basically tests us to show that we're like animals to remind us the yeah, but this isn't it. Like this isn't what we're supposed to be happy in. Yeah, and so you know we rejoice, uh, and then we mourn. Uh, and yeah. so this world's never going to be our home. In that, it's sense. never going to be that one hundred percent fulfillment of all the joy and pleasure that we'll find with God you know, we're always going to have, it, it's, again, it goes back to that pendulum, it yeah. goes back to the pendulum of, of we can have beautiful and amazing and joyful moments, but here on earth, we're also going to have incredibly sad and disheartening and heartbreaking moments as well. If we're never going to be just one side of the pendulum, it's always going to go back and forth until we, until we yeah. get to the other side. But while we're here, we should enjoy those those good moments we should enjoy that good time that um that those beautiful moments in our life and what it means to be human yeah doc quotes saint augustine thou has made us for thyself and our hearts are restless until it finds its rest in thee um and and i think that's true you can tell when you're really when you're in a season of real closeness or friendship with god uh you're not as restless 
And then the very yeah. definition of being away from God is that anxiety or that restlessness or that mm-hmm. just things aren't right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's frustrating. Yes. Um, and, and so, you know, it's, it's a way these, these seasons in life are a way to, uh, to keep us going forward and not being yes. settled. Um, then on page 76, he pushes us a little further. And, and then he talks about that last, last part of our scripture selection, which would be, you know, uh, enjoy yourself in your work, right? Um, which I've said. What? Is, wait. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Enjoy ourselves in our work. Yeah. Verse I nine of our text was a four letter word. It is. If you don't like it, what gain <laughs> have the workers from their toil? Right. And then yeah. he says on in verse 12 of our selection, I know that there's nothing better for humans than to be happy and enjoy themselves as long as they live. Moreover, it is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in all their work. All right. So what you're telling me is that we're not supposed to be workaholics. Correct. And we're not supposed to just feel like every moment of every day is supposed to be productive and pushing yeah. for the kingdom. Like we're actually supposed to take time and appreciate the work I of our hands. I, and I the think so. That we do. Yeah. yeah. Hold yeah. up. American culture says no. No, but scripture tells us yes. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, there's a sense in which, like, um, I guess maybe maybe Protestant Christianity. Well, Catholics were really good at this yeah. too. The sense that if you, you know, led the ascetic life, you know, the more horrible you were to yourself, like the more holy you were. Sure. Um, and I guess that's a and way I think for some get, people. We get caught up in the same thing. Yeah. Like we do. Deny yourself and take up your cross. Yes. Sure. Um, yeah, but like joy too. Like at least, yeah. you know, Jesus, Jesus' life gives us an example to where he loved being with his friends and his family. And he he had joyful times, but with the background of knowing that he was ultimately a servant. And uh, you know, you march to God's drum. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's blessings. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes right. it's what is what does our text say? It's the time to embrace or a time from to refrain. To refrain time, from time to throw away. Yeah. Um, you know that's that's how life works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so I think the point the point that Doctor Estes is trying to make and Kohelet is trying to make is that there's there's a balance that you have to have a time that you're going to work and work hard but there's also a time to refrain from that work and enjoy the work of your hands um you know sabbath the spiritual discipline of keeping a sabbath is is something i think that's being talked about more frequently um because people are recognizing how important it is to keep that sabbath how important it is that Maybe you have that six day work week, but you have that one day where you just rest in God's goodness and God's creation. Understanding that God is amazing. Yeah, a lot of the spiritual disciplines, I think, help in this. Well, I think I'll talk about it later in the section, but since you brought it up, I mean, that's another thing of fasting. Again, we live in a culture. Oh, that's true. Where we're dying because of how much food we eat. 
mm-hmm. heart diseases and so on. And so like even a fast is a way of saying we, we're just over, not only are we overstimulated, stimulated, whatever it would be with like cell phones and computers and internet, yeah. our bodies are over, you know, Yes, it's like, give it a break. Like every yeah. dinner, do you need like an appetizer, salad, main course and dessert? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe we're just getting too comfortable with uh, yeah. too much. And so, yes, anyway, I think that's right. So the church has historically in the past given us ways in which we develop this rhythm of life. And we can talk about that in that next section. Do you want to hit on the discussion question? How would you interpret the phrase? He has made everything beautiful in its time. I think that goes back to that, that pendulum that everything has its moment, you know, when that flower opens and it's this beautiful flower, but yet it doesn't last. It, it has its beauty and it's, and it's genuineness for a moment, but it's still, that doesn't mean that its purpose is gone. It just means that this moment of what it was made for is done. And now it's moved into its next phase of life where now we go from the flower to producing seeds so that we can reproduce this plant. And so everything has its moment. And it, and again, it doesn't mean that when it changes it's over, but it's, it's kind of like, I love the whole idea of a butterfly. I love butterflies. It's one of my, my favorite things because you have this metamorphosis that as it was a caterpillar, you know, it was a pupa and a larvae and a caterpillar, and then it be contained chrysalis. in its cocoon, it's chrysalis, yeah. and then it becomes this beautiful butterfly. And none of the stages last forever, but they have their purpose and there there's a reason for it being there. And I think the same is true in our lives. And the same is true in what Kohelis is trying to help us understand is that there's a cycle to it. You know, it changes and each moment is beautiful for what it is. I think I agree with all of that. So hallelujah. (laughs) So then that leads us to the learning from the scripture, the witness of the Mm -hmm. church. Um, So I love this sense, right? So we've, we've set it up to say like, everything's beautiful and it's time. We all have a a box that we live in and we're all going to experience these flows, this pendulum swinging, whatever. Um, And so I think in this chapter um, or this section, uh, Dr. Estes wants us to think about the fact that there's a lot, again, that we don't have control over, but what we do have control over, we have control over and we can, we can live the way God desires us to live and we can take yeah. advantage of the opportunities which God gives us. <clears throat> and so um like uh he brings up on page 77 uh very top line time is a key element in the worship life of the church and no we're not yeah. talking about the length of the pastor's sermons. Uh, <laughs> but you have yeah you have the reference to the Sabbath day, the Lord's day um and then he talks about the Christian year. And I think that's super duper important. And and I really wish, and I, I have not had a whole lot of headway, but in Covenant Presbytery, I would love for our churches to do more than just change the change the pyramid colors. Yeah. Um, and if churches don't do that, I'd love to at least go to that. Because like we don't know how completely formed and shaped we are by our civil calendar. Like all of our like all of our holidays. Every single one of our holidays, all of our yeah. get-togethers, 
are meant to conform us to this U.S. you know yes. mythology, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Um, yeah. But like, if you did the same thing with church, though, like that's why I love the idea of feast days. Like mm -hmm. every Sunday, you're like learning at the table of what's important in this whole Christian life thing. But yes. even if you take a more general approach, you learn in the Christian calendar that you have high holy days where the organ is just loud and lilies are everywhere and people wear new clothes and it's exciting. But then you also have Ash Wednesday where people right. are dirty and somber and yeah. that's real life. And then what I love the most about the Christian calendar is that the majority of it is just what we call ordinary season. Right. And that's how life works. Yes. You have the highs, you have the lows, you and then you have, have the mountaintops, you have the valleys. Are just most of ordinary right days. <laughs> yeah. It's just lived right here. Yeah. And I think that's important. I think that's something that we have lost in our culture is this observance of a Christian year. I knew I grew up in a denomination where we didn't celebrate any, any of the, of the Christian year, right. That, um, we just, that was just not okay. In our denomination, you just didn't, we just didn't do any of this. I mean, we did at home, we got to celebrate like Easter and Christmas and that sort of thing, but it wasn't anything specific at church, um, that we, got to celebrate. And the more I've been involved and the longer I've been involved with the CP church, the more I appreciate the Christian year, because these are, if you think about the old Testament context, the Jews, their holy days. Okay. Where we get our holidays from people, holy days, their holy days is what set the rhythm to their year it was it was their feasts it was their times that they came to the temple it was the sacrifices that they made and then in the new testament context we also have these wonderful holy days that help us remember because we are a forgetful people that help us remember what christ has done and what god has done for us and that is the purpose of celebrating Advent and Christmas and Epiphany and Lent and Easter and Pentecost is to remember the story so that each year we're retelling ourselves this story, this amazing thing that God has done for us as a people to send his son who was born, who died, who was resurrected and who ascended to the right hand of God, right? This is what these holidays, holy days are supposed to tell us. And if we, we, miss this opportunity to get this story going in our lives because we don't celebrate these within our church and that's why they're important i agree so if your if your church does not celebrate these um celebrate these holy days you know i would i would encourage you to talk to your session and talk to your pastor and see what what you guys can do to get to get these celebrations going again. We've lost you. Just kidding. <laughs> it's awesome. it's a way of patterning patterning your life and the church's life around Christ, not around civil holidays, right? Yeah. And and I think it's 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 important. Yeah. Um so um Dr. Esther brings up the redeeming the time uh, for the days are evil, mm. right? From Paul. 
when I was 16, one of the best lessons, I still remember this, and this is how I, how I think about Paul's exhortation here. Um, at a fast food restaurant, obviously, you got to do things fast, right? And, uh, and so every, I, I just remember, um, you got time to lean, you got time to clean, right? These kinds <laughs> Um, I remember that phrase. Right now, yeah. one of the things one of my bosses did was he's like, man, you don't understand how, how long a minute is. Like we can say like a minute is just not very long. But if you're just waiting for something for a minute, it is a long time. And so he's like, here, take my watch. Tell me, tell me when to start. I hit start. And then like we had this whole row of fryers and things and he just started pulling things down, taking it to the dishwasher, coming back up, wiping stuff down, whatever. And then I was like, okay, done. But what he did in one minute, <laughs> when you're just focused on doing it and you're not wasting time and you're not being pulled in different directions, he's like a minute is a really long time and there's no excuse not to get some things done just because you only have a minute. And I have remembered that. I was 16 and, and like, every time I get overwhelmed, I'm like, and I, and I'm just, I just want to like lay around. I'm like the power of a minute. It's big. Yeah. So, and, and so it's I think that's huge. what Paul means, you know, redeem the times. Like you can waste your life. Don't, don't waste your life. Right. Pursue God. Mm-hmm. Because the time is evil. I mean, think about it. And, and again, but it go, we have to remember always, it goes back to balance. You know, we cannot. That's true we cannot spend 24, seven, 365 working, 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 working. No, not at all. We have to make time to enjoy as well. And I think that's why it's so important that we think about like the Sabbath and, and the different spiritual disciplines and, and what that looks like in our life, because that's how we redeem those, those evil days, you know, or, or the, the culture coming at us, we redeem it by doing good yeah. and, and doing good in God's presence. And just as an offshoot, mm-hmm. here's what I've been thinking about here lately when it comes to the Sabbath and what you were just talking about, and what I was talking about. If you knew and you could pattern your life in such a way that you could have, like you knew you were working six days. Mm-hmm. And of those six days, you knew you were going to work eight of them. But if you made sure that you took off and you slept well, those eight, you know, six nights, and you knew Sunday was coming or Saturday, whenever you choose to do your Sabbath, and you weren't actually going to do work. I bet if you kept those clear, lived in that pattern of life, you could work your butt off for eight hours. So you know, you were done afterwards. And then you didn't have to carry work home with you. And you slept and you kept yourself healthy. I bet we'd be so much more productive than when we try to do this 24 hour day, seven day a week thing. Absolutely. So anyway, there's that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, All right. So I think I'm just going to skip to the applying the scripture section because we've kind of, I think that discussion kind of reflected on that. Yeah. Um, And and I'm going to go with the discussion question on the applying the scripture. So Romans 8, 28, I think most everybody knows this. God works together for the good of all those who love him and are called according to the purpose. I'll yep. call according to those purposes. Um, so the question is, can you see God's handiwork in your life? As you look into your past, can you see times when God orchestrated certain seasons in your life? Yes. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Um, sometimes it's only with hindsight that I have the clearest vision, obviously, yeah. of what God has done in my life. 
even my, my 10 years away from church, you know, and if you know my story, you know, I spent 10 years running and doing everything that I shouldn't have done. Even through that, I see God's handiwork because there are things that I have unfortunately put myself through that has allowed me now as a pastor to have a way of reaching people and speaking to people on levels that other people can't because I understand what it was that this person was going through, or I understand their mindset at the time, because I had the same or similar mindset. And so even in those dark moments and those moments that I was frustrated and angry and hurt, I see how God has used that for my good and for other people's good to be able to reach them on a level that other people cannot reach them on. And so, so yeah, I see, I see God and every move I've made. That's another, that's crazy thing. Of course, you all know, we just moved to a different city. Um, but even with every move I've made in my life, I see where God has orchestrated me meeting some other person for whatever specific reason. And if I had not moved to that city at that time, I wouldn't have been at this place to meet this person, which helped them grow or help myself grow or whatever it happens to be. I, God's handiwork is always constant in my life. And it's amazing to me. I love it. Um, I'd echo that. I would just say that there's a lot of things that I were, I was deeply disappointed in. One particular was a, a PhD program I applied to and got rejected. Like I, I couldn't figure that one out for the life of me, but I think it's worked out the way it's supposed to. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and now I think there's things in which I've pushed hard to get away from God or to disobey. Um, and he's, God's redeemed that in his own time. Um, so, I mean, like, I think God is in the business of redeeming, redeeming us yes, and helping us redeem our time. And, uh, and also, you know, putting us on a course to where we don't, have to quote unquote redeem ourselves or you know you know doing the right thing yeah it opens up opportunities you know um closes others um things we go through in life tough but yeah they are tough but but there's i think if you always look for the fact that god's working everything for good you see where god uses those tough moments to help others through their tough moments there's a comfort in that. I've said before that that phrase, you know, the the arc of the universe bends toward justice is only true if Romans 8, 28 is true. And it's the same for our lives, too. We can take comfort in the fact that the arc of our life, uh, maybe it's not an arc. Maybe it's more like a a wave pattern. Sound wave. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. But it's getting toward what God has in store. And I think yeah. that's fair and good and gives us some comfort in this life yeah yeah absolutely all right anything else for you rev that's all i've got remember to uh, hit the buttons below like subscribe and share invite your friends invite your enemies also remember tell your preachers tell your christian education people tell your various groups in the church october the 4th tuesday uh 10 to 12 at day in the park uh we'd love to see you there reverend sandy shepherd leading worship Reverend Dwayne Tice going to be preaching for us. Now may the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace, my friends. Amen.